0: Welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Want to
1: drive
0: a new electric car but can't afford it? We can help. A new online raffle lets you win your EV dream car all while helping the planet. Visit evraffle.org to win a Tesla, Rivian, or a Lucid Air with 500-mile battery. Seacan Action Fund uses all proceeds to promote clean energy. That's evraffle.org.
2: We're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, CEO of Clean Technica. And joining us today are Luz Kareem, an electronic engineer at ABBE Mobility, and Pam Langley, Service Key Account Manager at ABB E Mobility. To start with, I just want to get a little bit more. What we normally do: try to find out where you come from, how you got into the e mobility space, how you got to ABB more specifically. Let's start with uh, Pam, since you're on my left here. Pam, w- yeah, what got you into this this field, this industry in general, and then what brought you to ABB E Mobility specifically?
0: Yeah, so I, after graduating, I have a pretty generic business administration degree and eventually found my way to an electric utility. So, the energy industry, after being in, you know, others like healthcare and IT, and spent eight years at that company. Eventually, This sort of nascent thing started developing where EVs were reaching, you know, my corner of the world, which is northern Minnesota, a lot slower than some of the other coastal cities and whatnot. And position became open where I could work on program development and do things with our customers that were EV drivers. That was very interesting to me. I just sort of got to make it what I wanted and and dove in and worked on different rate offerings and tried to come up with things like incentives and purchase an electric vehicle um, fleet for our employees. And I really, really liked it. Eventually, my position was uh, restructured and I was doing a certain other type of account management with large customers. So that bled into what I'm doing now. I saw a position of account management open at E Mobility. I really wanted to get back into the EV space. And it sort of married up what I have been doing for, you know, the better part of the last decade. And I I was excited to get an offer and haven't looked back.
2: It's exciting. And sounds, yeah, like I feel like you it's a very exciting industry to be in right now. It's a it's a very <laughs> exciting, you know, moment. It's historical. We have, you know, the EV revolution is the popular metaphor we like to use. Does it, does it feel like the most uh vibrant, exciting? industry that you've been in so far or is it uh, comparable to to some to some of the other work at utilities or elsewhere that you've done
0: yeah the energy industry as a whole is just sort of going through a renaissance right now because of all the investments and change and in the grid you know all, all of the technology that's coming and happening and evs is one of you know the subcategories of that that just feels like it's been completely put on steroids so it's it is a very different environment to be working in the private sector uh, for a manufacturer, especially one as you know relevant and well known as ABB. And uh, yeah, I, I do I love it. It's it's really exciting. It's also really challenging. A lot of days um, being in a in a new developing. I mean, it's not necessarily that new, but it is still in the scheme of a lot of industries quite a baby. So. It has its yeah. it has its challenge, but it always keeps you on your toes.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Abb is huge. I mean, I think it was like ten years ago where we sort of listed it as one of like three or five clean tech giants because it's just got his arms in everything. Clean tech is hugely, you know, global and you know very deep in the industries. Yeah, so let's switch to to lose. Lose. How did you get to Uh, find your way in the e-mobility industry? How'd you navigate your way to the e-mobility industry? And then, you know, more specifically, how'd you end up with ABB in that role, in that space?
0: Well,
1: I arrived here. Actually, it's a very funny story. (laughs) I arrived here to the United States like five years ago. And I remember the first car that I purchased was a Nissan Leaf. And I was so fascinated with the industry that i said as a goal like i want to work in this kind of technology
2: Uh, were you you uh, in were you in like tech in some way before that i mean
1: yes i I was working but i was in the network side so just like networking but i seen the industry here like how the electrical vehicles start to like move and grow the business around united states and how they work they work so that fascinates me. It's so like, I, I I need to work on this. Like I just was so attracted to this industry and to the technology. So I started my job in a company. I started actually in the EV sector four years ago. And I love it. It's the best decision I made, honestly. It's just so fascinating and it's challenging. And it's so nice because it's growing and growing. So you have a lot of different goals, a lot of different challenges every day, and new things to learn and new technology that so that make it like so exciting. Like it's different and change all the time.
2: And where did you, where did you move from? And you said it was five years ago, or
1: yes, five years ago, I moved to the United States and I started my job in the EV sector like four years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. And where did you move from? What country? Colombia. Oh, Colombia! I love. Oh, I, we have to talk separately, but you know, my best friend in college. It was my favorite soccer team when I was a kid. When Aspria was Aspria and Valderrama were, oh, were football yeah. stars, and the uh, yeah, Valderrama ended up coming and playing for the Tampa Bay Mutiny when the MLS started uh, uh, the first year of the U.S. Soccer League. And um, yeah, we don't need to go down that road. But I've always had a big connection to Colombia and loved Colombia. Uh, so that's exciting <laughs> and i mean they've got actually there's yeah the south american market is a really fascinating market right now for e-mobility uh, we might get to that topic as well that, that's exciting and i think you know you you sound like the exact profile of an early ev adopter of one of our early you know readers reading about the leaf getting excited uh, except there's one you know bit of a notable difference you know we have quite a diverse staff we have a lot of women writers and on our team but historically just it's been a field that's dominated by men and we had you know reader surveys and we've seen so much uh, data on it we had like you know 90 percent or more of our readers would be men on on these topics and uh, and you know you just saw that was sort of standard so how was it uh, you know sticking with with lose from how how was it for you like kind of did, you must have noticed this as well. How do how do you feel in that kind of, uh, you know, being in the e mobility space from a pretty early stage, and then you know, uh, noticing these things and sort of you know fitting in how you how you do. Was it? Well,
1: I I think from the beginning I choose a career that is like very dominated for men (laughs) just from university we were like just two women and 35 guys so like I'm being used to like this kind of gap between the (laughs) genders (laughs) but actually it's exciting because like it's challenging for me to show uh, my capacities my abilities my skills and how the guys seem like oh wow like she can keep on with us. <laughs> so that is really interesting. That, that makes it like, like actually like exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's of course you're going to have, you're going to deal with prejudices in this kind of situation where there's a big imbalance but at the same time, a lot of people, when they're like, "Oh, she's into this too," what, you know, they get excited. It's like, "Oh, let's chat," you know, let's talk, you know. And it's nice to have, especially, you know, if, like you said, it's a it's a kind of newish, you know, fast developing field with a, re- a renaissance or revolution, however you want to frame it. And people like that, I think, tend to be more interested in learning and and growing. And uh, probably it's it's been a lot of fun as well. Pam, what about from your case? What's do you, uh, does anything strike you in this kind of gender? Very, I mean, in tech in general, you have this issue. In clean tech, you have this issue. In EVs, you have this issue. So it's sort of like, you know, there's what are the Russian dolls issue with this. But I feel like e-mobility is sort of expanding, you know, getting more diverse, getting more balanced quicker than some of the other ones. But Pam, what's your perspective on that? How How have you experienced it?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's been made more of a priority. And my role specifically, certainly doesn't, I mean, it requires certain background and experience, but not necessarily a a specific degree, like Lou's had to go through a lot of very specific training to be able to be safe and knowledgeable. And mine is a combination of a lot of soft skills, because I'm dealing with customers and escalations. And I definitely generally I'm underestimated especially when I'm meeting a customer for the first time and unfortunately that's usually it's not always I don't have the opportunity to meet a customer on good neutral ground and just be introducing myself you know my role is new it's sort of a a catch-up to there's so many more customers than there ever were and now we really need to start taking a different level of care as as accounts are growing and things like that so I feel like you do have to prove yourself as a woman. And I don't need to be super technical. I need to know just enough to be able to translate what's going on in the situation and almost act as a project manager sometimes to ensure that we're following through and finding a resolution, which can be really difficult with the amount of parties that are involved at a single charging site, whether it's an installer, the customer, a vehicle OEM, the OCPP software provider, our chargers. So it it ends up being just a lot about the conversation and being able to draw out the important details and not necessarily get lost in the details to move things forward. And I do feel like sometimes women are better listeners <laughs> not to gender stereotype that's um, fine
2: no I, I, was thinking, I was thinking it so you you can say it no, I said, yeah. no, it's a uh, it is really like kind of because it's such a techie thing to you just techie people tend to just get a little bit more stuck in a technical weed sometimes right
0: absolutely which is has its time and place generally it's not with 20 people on a zoom
2: call. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I've always said, you know, I that I'm not a tech guy. <laughs> I'm not a do it yourself tech person. I don't have any real strong tech background. I have a sociology degree, environmental studies and city planning and uh, I sort of got pushed into this uh, position writing on clean technica 15 uh, or so years ago and then I got pushed into running clean technica uh, like 14 years ago like not not long after. And because I didn't have that sort of tech, wasn't a typical tech person, um, I always saw my role as kind of translating, trying to understand the tech and then translate it into stuff that was more understandable for normal people and more, you know, had a kind of mass appeal. So that's sort of always been our role. So I think I relate to you probably a bit, you know, a different situation, but, you know, you're, you're dealing with escalations, you know. I've moderated I don't know how many uh, thousands of co- comment threads and it uh, can be I feel like that that's that's what would be a similar thing of what you are dealing with but could you explain a little bit more you know what what is the role of a service key account manager and is it are you ge- are you in a certain geography or are you what's your what's your ge- geographical area and what what kind of things do you deal with in that role
0: yeah so I uh, currently focus on segments so right now it's transit primarily public transportation so mostly larger metropolitan areas and i do cover the whole country and then i do have a couple of fleets of large heavy truck uh, type customers and i am sort of the liaison to any sort of resource in the company that a customer might need so if they're you know the, the most primary thing that people are reaching out to me about is if something goes wrong with their charging and then trying to figure out okay what sort of a skill set do we need here it always starts with our remote team looking into what's going on with a, an asset and then it might end up with you know someone like who is is going and visiting the site and making a hardware repair or doing some sort of update on it and then when it goes beyond that is when it gets a little trickier because it might need our, you know, research and development team to perform some interoperability testing with a vehicle OEM that released a new software that they hadn't tested, or there might be some sort of an OCPP that, you know, there might just be like some sort of a software communication issue, and that that you know requires our software team from our global group to to get in there and write a patch or something. So. It really depends, but a, a lot of it ends up being service-related. And then beyond that, I'm always trying to educate customers that if they don't have a service level agreement or a maintenance plan or you know what what are they going to do after the warranty ends, working with turning them over to our sales team to, to uncover what is going to be the best fit for them in order to keep a good uptime.
2: But you've got to really like figure out <laughs> try to quickly figure out what's going on what the where the problem is you, you've you got to have a kind of the it sounds like the ability to quickly get to an issue and understand issue without you know getting spending too much time trying to figure it out right i mean you got to be yeah pretty...
0: and generally our team is the one that is doing that activity so it's really quickly tossed over to them and and they do an amazing job at just being able to troubleshoot something And I would say 80% of the time, it's fairly obvious. They can figure out if it needs parts or just something done remotely with software settings. And then there's a 10% beyond that. And then there's like a 5% beyond that where it's a really difficult issue that might take us a while to uncover where we're trying to get all parties involved and get collaboration going and all work together to figure out what the issue is
2: quite interesting and hugely critical we've interviewed um other people including abb mobility people on the call about how important this part of the work is and how you know sort of improving this this part of the work is critical especially in the context of the nevi program um NEVI requirements uh with ocpp i should remember i don't remember now is it's open charging uh, open
0: charge point protocol
2: charge point protocol yes and uh a very famous person in the industry well let will just say elon musk once was uh when he was focused on evs more than all these other crazy topics that i'm not gonna we're not gonna go down what his current interests yeah. are because that would be a whole different show but uh <laughs> but when he was EV focused a little bit more he he made the tweet once was like are you down with ocpp you know because i, know. Because, I don't know I, I grew up with the you know in that time when there was that popular song are you down that with song, OPP? Yeah. And so I think for a lot of us, I mean, that sort of comes to mind when you see that and and sometimes slips out. Are you down with Absolutely. Yeah, you know me. (laughs) We're going to get a a copyright infringement. Luckily, I'm not good enough. There Uh,
0: might be times where we're talking about OCPP and sing that song and make jokes about
2: it. Oh, you have to. That's great to hear. (laughs) Making it fun. Yeah as yeah lose what exactly then are you involved in what's your role in all of that and uh are you one of the people pam is going to for these kind of like ah oh, lose i've got an issue okay yes yes very much <laughs>
1: uh well i am field service engineer so i receive different cases my area is in arizona so we are like a team of 25 field service engineers right now so we are located in different areas and we receive like the different tasks like is repair commission installation verification of different charges it, and different levels of charger because it's different type of chargers and industries so practically i going just around where it's needed like for repairs to analyze what is going on with the charger to maintenance the charger to commission a new charger so verify that all the installations are proper, that the customer is happy and know how the machine is going to work, the capacities, like all of that. So I go around all, not just Arizona, actually sometimes around the United States, you're <laughs> uh, preparing and commissioning and, and that's like practically my job, like uh, I, with the different customers that ABB have, uh, we made the busy, we verify what is going on with the charger and just uh, be that service person that keep the chargers working and the industry like working
2: so sometimes you get there and you're like what is going down with ocpp right But no. <laughs> <laughs> are you aware of this did you have this song in colombia growing up as well
1: no actually because that's but completely i think but you've learned like about it America, since. yeah <laughs> so now it, it, it's like different now i've been learning about a lot about it but so now that I'm here in the United States, because like it's in technology is just like different.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I i lived in Europe for a long time and you know, a, a lot of the you know, music and entertainment in Europe is from the US. But there's definitely things some things that transfer and, and get over there and think some things that don't, you know. Sort of the most famous case is like the TV show Friends is hugely popular in Europe, but almost nobody knows Seinfeld. And if you were in the US at the time, Seinfeld was like they were neck and neck for what's more popular. I mean, I think Seinfeld was even more popular. <laughs> but I imagine that's the kind of song that might be a bit more um might might be a bit more US uh, culture centric than uh, yeah. but it was huge. I'm sure you've told you. <laughs> yeah, so just in general, just like stepping back, one thing I found over the years in the EV space, e-mobility space, and then clean tech more broadly is that one of the huge kind of challenges or bottlenecks for growth is the people is the personnel is having the you know be, having being able to hire enough people month after month year after year to keep up with the growth and you know the c- companies sort of are fighting over uh, you know top top people that you know poaching or just you know competing for the the top graduates but in general general just even some segments like electricians like there's just not enough electricians for Everything that's needed in, in the growing uh, these growing spaces in some markets. How have you seen that? And ha- how have you experienced that in the past, you know, four or five years that you got, that you two have been working in, in this in this field? Have you noticed it? Have you noticed it getting more difficult? And then even going into the Nevi program, which is supposed to stimulate a lot more growth? Do you see it as becoming a bigger issue now with you know just the faster growing EV market and NEVI program? And I should pick. Uh, I guess we'll start with Pam here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that is not even unique to our industry right now. Just everyone is experiencing, you know, labor and talent shortages. But especially since this is so new.
2: Yeah, we should say the unemployment rate is very low right now. So yeah. so yeah. generally speaking, there's a lot of competition in the in the, in the economy for workers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I feel very fortunate to work for a company that is well resourced and uh, attract you know some of the best talent out there it, it definitely makes it a lot easier as well as it also has a good culture and that both of those things just together make it so much easier to ensure that we are getting good people in the door and even that even with that being said having the position openings and the you know, salaries and wages to attract people and, and everything about it, it still just takes time and you want to, you know, hire slow, make good decisions and find people that are going to be a good fit. And, and that goes for any type of role. Mine specifically, it's always a challenge. We have a diverse team and some of us are much more focused on hard skills and a little bit more technical And some of us are more focused on soft skills and being able to deal with, you know, whether it's just more difficult customer conversations or being more strategic in how we're handling our accounts and growing our relationship and partnerships with customers versus, you know, lose, which she'll talk more about, but getting in and being able to to know that you're going to be traveling and you're going to be on the road and you're very autonomous once you get up and running on your own You have a team that you can rely on. And be able to share information but yeah I, I don't want to take her thunder so
2: yeah go ahead Luz mm-hmm.
0: uh, well yeah it's definitely challenging as a fixed service engineer because
1: it's a, like it's a lot of demand for like service job for the new installation because the industry is growing like so fast that demands a lot of field service engineers there ready to work and be able to provide the service to the different stations. So it's, it's challenging and but I think, and I consider it that it's, it's a good opportunity for a lot of women to get into the field because I think like just need for you to want to learn about the industry To have like some knowledge about like what is the capacitation, just certifications about like electricity, like how to handle different machines. But it's like not, I think it's a good opportunity for growth, just because the industry is growing like so fast. So it's a big room for you to move around the area because I feel like ABB is. Just so open to uh to create the position necessary to make work the industry and I think that is a really good part of work for ABB and I think it's a good opportunity for a lot of people that want to maybe join to this field like to take over now that is like the needed and the demand of field service engineer. so I think it's a big opportunity there and I think it's, it's great for women that want to join to this industry to take that shot.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask something else, but we'll just just—I'll jump to this question. So, you know, one of the effects of the NEVI funding program, and, you know, this is a national, federal U.S. government electric vehicle funding program for charging infrastructure, is this 97% uptime requirement. And one of the things that has sort of been a difficulty in the EV space as it's been very young Is yeah, EV charging station reliability, uptime, and so this 97% requirement puts a bit more pressure on on companies, and you know, I'm sure creates a lot more demand for technical and service uh, workforce in the industry, and you know, to an extent that we maybe have never seen before. Uh, I guess probably have definitely never seen before in the US. How how can we capitalize on this opportunity to get more women into into the field, make greater strides on diversity and equity, which we've really struggled with. It's been one of the, you know, most difficult aspects of of this fast-growing industry for me, especially, you know, I have a sociology background. This is what I spent years sort of uh, having courses on. And it's like, it's always a bit frustrating. Like, we don't feel like we're making progress often. How, how can this opportunity sort of, you know, make, help us make more progress? We'll go back to lose the and then over to, to Pam again.
1: Uh, well I think that
2: and I know you were just I, talking about this So I'm like, <laughs> she's like I just told you no, but I mean it, I guess <laughs> I guess trying to to nail down like how does how do you make the the progress then I mean how do you reach reach these people
1: I think example I've been seeing like a lot of woman working in the remote support and I think could be like a little it's <laughs> scary to jump to the field because you need to move around because you are like the physical putting your hands in like the machine. So that can be like intimidating for like some girls maybe. But I think it's just showing up as a woman, just to start with some women there like I'm doing and just letting know about what is the job that we do, like how we can do this, like how we have the ability to do this. Like, because it's like, yes, I was in the side of the NOC support as well, and now that I, I am in there in the field, yes, like doing it myself, actually I feel better. Like it's just like it's like very challenging. Like when you get the unit working and you fix the pick the fix the unit and have the system working properly, you feel like kind of satisfaction. It's a satisfaction, like it's a really good satisfaction. So it's just like I could just let to know other girls like how the work is, how you travel around, what the kind of job that you do on site. And just to have the pre- normal precaution like for the electricity that you have that is just through training that is not like that long. It actually, is something. Uh, I think it's something easy to get like the certification because it's not like a long like time for studying, making like a full career for that. Just like the training focusing how to service this charger so I think it just let you know the industry like women can't do it as well and I think that's one of the goals that I, I I take personally just to let you know girls like okay I'm field service engineer as this and I talk with different friends like well but it's not like difficult like just be outside in weather and you know like put hands in electricity that's not like risky like Actually, it's not that bad. It's really nice, and when you have the charge working, you feel that like satisfaction. That is like great.
2: <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, that perfect. And it leads into my next question. But I'm gonna we're gonna go to Pam first, and then we'll go to that that other question.
0: Yeah, I feel like just supporting other women and always trying to get them to recognize the, their own potential and things that whenever I see somebody do something like compliment them on it and tell them that hey that that's awesome that you were able to do that or figure that out or the way you handled that conversation or you're really technical that could lend well to you growing into this sort of a role and and i recognize that that's just within our own company but being at other industry events or trying to network, you know, whether it's on LinkedIn or at some sort of, you know, thing, even in my own community, I'm always pumping ABB out to people as like a great place to work. And now with the pandemic and sort of, you know, revolution of remote work, also bringing that to people's awareness that that's within reach where it previously wasn't. And I think there's so much investment in STEM for, women and girls, which is amazing. And we just need to keep that going and make sure that we're creating a welcoming and equitable environment for us all to thrive in.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, as i said, not a super technical person myself, yeah, the idea of working in the field and getting into the you know the 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 wires and stuff is intimidating to me. And as you were talking about it, lose I was like getting like I was getting much more like Oh yeah, I, yeah I could get it. Yeah, you, you were you were giving me the pep talk, and and I was feeling like <laughs> I was feeling quite empowered. You know, I was like, Yeah, this is this is doable. You know, so I feel like you're really good at that. It sounds like you you're really you're really good at breaking down those 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 kind of uh, inherent boundaries some of us might have. And I just wanted you know just talking about it. I guess in the field a little bit more made it a little easier to kind of to picture and to, to visualize, to, to imagine, can you give any, do you have any like specific stories, great stories that helped to either are funny or just help to explain the work in a different way, just from a, in an anecdote?
1: Actually, as, as woman in the field, you can have like pretty funny experiences. (laughs) One of them is actually in a place here in, Arizona that is like it's a lot of like old people that live there so when they are right there and there's a military base close there so it's a lot of militaries and army guys that go there to charge vehicles one day I was working in one of the one of the chargers and the guy come out of the car and he just looked at me and said take the glasses like, a woman doing service hmm, interesting and like yes he's like wow it's a lot of guests around there just fixing chargers so like well i hope so <laughs> yeah like we are just taking over he's so like well that sounds great and what is the problem with the charger so i told him like what is going on with the charger and we started to talk about cars and he was just like kind of surprised making faces, like oh no about cars electrical vehicles okay so he started to 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 charge his vehicle he said oh this charger was like great like i can't i can he like Last week I was broken. It's like yeah, I just repaired it. So like you repair it? Like, yes. Oh wow. So he that that like kind of surprised they like a woman is repairing chargers. Even like, after oh, all I of like- that
2: talk, even after getting into the the text stuff, he's like, oh, you you did it. Yeah.
1: You repair it? Like, yes, I do repair it. It's working. It's like oh wow. Okay, okay, but they they get surprised. And sometimes I like, work in a uh, ladies passenger is like oh a girl, you go, girl you go girl like nice <laughs> seeing that technician girl working in this charger like excited because oh
2: yeah i'm down with ocp oh, yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's what you like pretty excited so like you find like that kind of like yes you from the main by looking you like oh it's a girl working here okay and they start to walk around and looking like what you're doing like are you repairing like yes i'm repairing to charge okay thank you for the service like <laughs> no problem
2: <laughs> yeah. and Pam do you have any specific stories that kind of capture your either capture your work in a really good uh, synopsis or or just a funny a funny story that you've dealt with that you can share
0: I don't have anything super specific I think one of the most satisfying slash cringy type things is when I get through something with a customer and they're very you can tell that they don't have a lot of confidence in me that I will get to resolution, you know, or, or lead the team to resolution because sometimes it's our internal folks, but we're also relying on, you know, partners that have no obligation to us, except we're all trying to make an end user's experience better and improve something. But getting through it and then having somebody give you a backhanded compliment, like, wow, for a woman... You're pretty good. Like somebody said that to me once. So I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. so you also you mentioned that you love working at ABB and how you encourage, you know, talk up the company to other people. This is, you know, a European uh, company at its core. It's got a strong, huge North American arm. And I, I think my first experience with ABB was uh, they flew me from Europe to Nevada about 10 years ago for a big a solar installation project there. And, you know, the North American arm was huge and it's like, it's its own big company. So I'm not saying, you know, this is completely a European company, of course, but you know, have, come, having those European roots, European companies just take care of employees a bit more, you know, there's a bit more of a, Oh, we're not trying to work you to the bone. We're trying to have, help you have a good career that, you know, supports a good life. And it's just, you know, it's a cultural thing that's a bit different. There's a lot more laws in Europe, of course, that require taking care of employees a bit more. But how is your experience at ABB? Do you feel like that, that kind of a little bit more of a European culture comes through in or, or is it just, you know, you just enjoy the company, you like it, but it's, it just, it's like a, any other good large company. That you've had experience with it's not doesn't stand out in in any way like that to you
0: yeah no I would say ABB you can definitely feel the European culture and with our with our benefits and just the general attitude of people and how everybody interact I definitely get jealous of how much my European and even Canadian friends get to be on vacation a bit more (laughs) it seems like (laughs) have a totally different approach to the way that they handle their work-life balance and it it honestly can be challenging at times just because our culture doesn't have that patience or and you know, talk through things with customers and plan better for it. And we're definitely developing a lot of our own resources in the North American market to be able to keep up with the growth that we have here. It's it's gotten a lot better, but just the general quality of the people that I work with has been somewhat surprising to me because I've always known of ABB. And we purchased, you know, different things when I worked at the electric utility that I was at. And I always did think of them as this behemoth of an organization and really wondered, what am I going to lose by going to a company that big? And I don't, I can't speak to the rest of the organization, but e-mobility has much more of a tight-knit, almost startup. We're not a startup. We're one of the most established, you know, organizations in the EV industry, EV charging industry. But the people that are here are very passionate about what they do. And you have to be because of all the challenges that go along with being in such a, you know, new and rapidly growing market. If you don't want to be here and you're not interested in learning about the technology and and everything else that goes along with that, it shows. And, you know, that's why it's so great that everybody on our team cares so much and really wants to. You know, do the best thing and create the best experience and product.
2: Hello listeners. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Clean Tech Talk. My name is Scott and I'm Zach's business partner here at Clean Technica. We know we're having a positive impact and helping the world move past fossil fuels, but
0: I think we all know we need to move faster. We at Clean Technica want to accelerate the clean tech
2: revolution and we'd love your help. Could you chip in five dollars or ten dollars a month? If that's within your budget, please check out cleantechnica.com slash support. That's cleantechnica.com slash support, where you can sign up via PayPal or Patreon and make a monthly contribution. Thanks so much. Yeah, and emo- e-mobility is a huge arm of ABB, and I would have the same kind of questions and concerns, like, is this going to be too big of a corporate environment? Am I going to feel like just a cog in the wheel? But just from my experiences, you know, very limited outside working with e-mobility people at ABB, it does, you have a feeling of a kind of family, kind of community atmosphere that's that's quite... It just it's a bit different from what you might expect with, and maybe that comes from that kind of um, better work life balance. I don't know, Luz. What's your experience in that regard?
1: Uh, well, like in my field side, I don't feel like too much different between like the American and European like protocols or environments. Maybe people, people
2: are like life. Luz, just fix this as soon as possible, quickly. This is broken. <laughs> it's like this yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like the only thing like I could maybe feel like the European like environment is like with the metric because everything inside the charging is like metric so like different range that we use are metric but that's all like i don't feel like too much like difference between the environments ebb e-mobility is like a big industry and it's growing a lot as well because the demand right now in the market so it's like good to have the influence for like and the help for the different like global with different issues seeing how they are designing the new chargers and how we are getting like the different trainings to just take over in the field service but yeah, yeah besides it's very,
2: that... extremely global i mean the origins are like sweden and switzerland for abb but you know it's it's had a big presence all over the world for so long it seems like abb is always tapping its international experience so just as a final i think as a final question what are the biggest challenges? We've talked about this throughout a bit, but what are the biggest challenges that you think women face while working in a male-dominated field like this? And maybe at the same time, how do you feel like your work at ABB has helped you to get around those challenges or 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 just not have them face you at all, perhaps? Uh, yeah. We'll start, start with Luz on this one.
1: Okay, I think the big challenge as a woman in the field service is just like a uh, show the ability that we can be we can be in the leader so just because to, i feel like just
2: you're under pressure to prove your chops right away ex, you don't yes. you can't just assume oh someone's gonna have trust that i know you have to write at the start like show i know what i'm doing
1: yeah like you need to like really show them that i am in the same level like okay i have the skills i know about this topic i know what you're talking about so you definitely need to show up your abilities, your your skills, because we are like a a little bit like in the part where like, okay, the woman is too emotional. She don't want to do her job. Like maybe she's going to be scared about like, you know, going to a charger, a handle electricity wires. But like seeing like I am a tough woman. Yeah, I do this, this, I move this. And I work with this capacity, like blah, 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 blah and just get with them in the same spot, like follow up with them and keep up with them. Like they are like, okay. So show the ability is one of the, like the challenging thing, like just chosen, like I am in the same spot, like I can have the same knowledge and then that I can do the same kind of job. I think that's the the biggest challenge of a woman in the field service.
2: Fam. Yeah, I think
0: it's, Generally, the hardest thing is a lot of times I am the only woman. So whether I'm going to a customer site or walking into an industrial setting or on a a conference call and always wanting to prove myself as well as be an advocate for kind of making everybody aware that, yes, we belong here. And we're capable and actually have a lot of strengths that we bring to, to the industry that, you know, wouldn't be there if we weren't participating and active and growing this and wanting to make that not be the case in the future, you know, so that, you know, generations ahead of us can have a much more diverse experience and not have to go through that, whether that's as a woman or a minority or whatever it is like everybody belongs in this industry it it's it impacts everyone equally as we're transitioning to this technology and creating that creating that space
2: yeah and i think it's some people don't realize how much just representation it's not about like just being fair it's about once you get used to other people with different backgrounds from you whether it's gender or or culture uh in other ways you just then you stop ha- you, it just dissolves prejudices and just you know makes you not even think about it you know in our case we i think since i've been on clean Technica, we've about half of our main writers have been female and i i don't really think about it much in our team because i mean like if i have a really technical car question like i go to a female writer who's the most technical car person that I can think of, often without realizing that. Oh, oh but she's a or, it would be, or she's a, like she's she's the one who knows cars really well. And for someone else, you know, I go to for some other question, I go to someone else. Or for sciency kind of question, I go to a different person. But it, it's sort of you know you just get familiar with it, and you don't stop thinking about this this once you're used to a more balanced um, team or something. But it's just it's still such a I see it more when it go outside, you know, and you and you mm-hmm. realize or in, in some physical big groups, if you go to any conferences, I'm sure this is this must strike you. I mean, we can. And if you I mean, if you go to any com- EV conferences, you're just like, wow, there's a lot of old white guys, old <laughs> old white men here, you know, <laughs> like, like, or, or you know, just men in general. But do you feel like it's changing in the past couple of years? Do you feel like it, it, it is getting Uh, more diverse as it becomes a more mass market industry or, or you still feel like, Oh, we got a lot of work to do or, or, or both.
0: (laughs) I feel like even within the, you know, specifically like manufacturing or software or whatever sort of company that goes into making a charging site possible. Absolutely. And it's sometimes even going into the segments that we're serving where you might see it more, so it it's definitely changing and I feel very fortunate to be able to be in the, the time and the you know space that I'm in is just far as career and wh- where EV charging is going, but also just you know, the year twenty twenty three because I know that a lot of people worked really hard to create the environment that I'm in and it's our responsibility to make it even better, you know, mm-hmm. for the
2: future that you actually stimulate this change and, you know, help inspire some of this change, right? Luz, mm-hmm. yeah. Any final comments on that? And then we'll wrap up.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, it's an industry that I feel like is welcoming more women on the field and, like, just trying to have the people that need is needed for the service, you no, know, regardless of the, the gender, But I feel like, in my opinion, just being in ABB, I see how they are trying to include, like, more women on the field service as well. They're telling me, hey, did you know more girls that want to jump in the industry? Like, just let them know, like, let them know about how this works. Uh, Just invite them to apply to the different positions that we have right now. And it feels nice how the environment that, my area is trying to create so, like everybody can do the job if they they just want to need the capacity and want to learn about this area. So I think it's like really nice to have that support. Seeing how, like example, like they no used to have like that two more like uniforms, like for the for the field service women, but now we have like a different selection. So. For women in the area, so I think that's nice. That I inc- I feel inclusive because that.
2: <laughs> Somebody realized. Oh yeah, we need to make sure we have uh, <laughs> some more options. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I have two daughters, elementary school age, and you know it's something that you know comes up from time to time, and you, and you think about these topics, but uh definitely it's always there's nothing that beats having an inspiring you know woman to to kind of reference whether you're talking sports or or technical stuff or any field you know marvel they're very into marvel now and <laughs> you know they, they love their all of their superheroes but you know it's great that there's that it's not like you know that, that whenever you have representation you can just see the impact it makes and uh how it how it opens up they're like oh yeah i could be that i could be a superhero it's like yeah maybe not but you know at least <laughs> you could be an actress who pretends to be a superhero but no you're not gonna have superhuman abilities i mean not, <laughs> not to rain on your freight no no but you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm just uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> like they see that and at this age even they're they even have sometimes they're like oh i can i can be a, a magician i can be a superhero and you can see how much they they get As young people from having those examples. And so I'm sure when people see you repairing a charging station or talk to you about, you know, troubleshooting a problem, it just it influences people every day, probably. So really appreciate what you're doing. It was a really fun chat, really interesting, you know, sort of going into non technical topics when we're so focused normally on technical issues. So it's quite fun and interesting and just appreciate what ABB is doing. I think uh, the, uh, the the a Dutch person once said to me, you know, we 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 work to live, we don't live to work. And uh, I just I always when I talk with ABB people, I just feel like this is a really nice company, a really cool place, uh, and everybody seems pretty happy who, there. So it's a uh, it's got to be a nice place to to spend your your nine to five or whatever it is in your specific field. So. Thank you for sharing with us. Have a good rest of the day, weekend, and we'll be in touch with your team about something else before long, I'm sure. Thank
1: Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for the invitation.
2: Cheers. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks.